God, right now, we thank you that this is a divine, a divine moment, that this is a moment where, we, where it's not just by chance, not by happenstance, but it's a moment directed by you to change our lives, to, that we have truth, where the world, where our society wants to preach a doctrine that says this is the way to think, this is the way to be worried. God, right now, we, we throw all of that aside and want to hear your truth and hear your wisdom that we live this life with peace, with boldness, with confidence and with strength to do things well. Where everyone else is in fear, in doubt, God, we throw those things off and we, we say that smoke doesn't belong in my life, but I'm a, a man and a woman with, with no fear that no weapon formed against us will prosper because we're doing it your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, grab a seat, grab a seat. All right, uh, I think we're going to have a picture come up on the screen. All right, today on the Australian forecast, we, we're gonna, we, uh, in Darwin we've got a high, oh no, that's a low. We've got a low of 21 and a high of 33 degrees. Now we go down to the east coast of Australia, up to the top at Cairns, we've got a low of 18 at 3 o'clock and a high of 29 at 4 p.m. We'll go down low to Townsville, partly cloudy with a high of 27. We come down down to Hobart, um, a cloudy part with, with showers with a low of 8 and a high of 13. I feel like I'm on TV. I'm on TV. I was on TV. I'm too old. All right. So who's watched the news before and then they go, now let's go to the tired times and all that stuff. We've, we've, we've seen the, the forecast on the news. Boring, right? But you've got to understand something. Christians, as a Christian, if you're not a Christian yet, fair enough. You're learning about us. We're a little bit different. We're a little bit crazy. Christians have a, a forecast. We literally believe in a supernatural weather forecast. And we're going to unpack that in the Bible. This book here dictates my life, guides my life, has a forecast for a spiritual weather future. And we're going to look at that today. And so today... For the Christians, today's Christian forecast is cloudy with a chance of, no, cloudy with a chance of Jesus. So can you poke the person beside you and tell them, cloudy with a chance of Jesus. Cloudy with a chance of Jesus. Can you say that with some passion? Cloudy with a chance of Jesus. Let's do it all together. Cloudy with a chance of Jesus. Every time you see that movie now, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I want you to be thinking, Cloudy with a Chance of Jesus. When that, someone says Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I want you to remember, Cloudy with a Chance of Jesus. That is today's Christian weather forecast. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, that is your weather forecast, that Cloudy with a Chance of Jesus. So, if you've heard me speak over the last term or not, I've been speaking on this series called Last Days. Ooh, Last Days. And so we started in the book of Acts chapter 2, and we the first message I did, you can go back on the One Youth podcast and look at it, and we looked at this thing called Moses' dream. And so in Acts chapter 2, one of Jesus' disciples is preaching Peter, and he preaches a sermon about the dream of Moses, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on everybody. And in the last days, which we're living in, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And so it's really amazing. But in, in the um, 
what we're going to, to unpack what this last days is all about, we're going to have some scriptures come up on the screen and we're going to look at some things in this and see how that can help us understand what last days is all about. So 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7 says, now when it gets to the bold part, can you read it with me? So it says this, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 6, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. 2 Timothy 1.8, may the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. All right, we can pick it up on the next one. James 5.7, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who uh, patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. 1 John 2.28, and now dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Now, I just picked five, but there is multiple scriptures in the Bible that talk about the concept of Jesus' return. If you didn't get that link there, I just picked five of like 30-odd in the Bible that they talk about Jesus' return. Jesus is coming again. If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, you've got to understand, Jesus came, he ascended, and he's coming back again. And so what are the last days? The last days are the days before Jesus returns. So we've got every day we go through in life, we're one day closer to the return of Jesus Christ. Now, some people can get a bit freaky, but for me, man, that is exciting. Like every day I live is a day closer to the return of Jesus. It's already been 2,000 years since he said, I'm coming back again. And so we're 2,000 years closer to Jesus' return. Wow, so that's what, when, when you hear about this concept, last days, a, a theological word for it is called eschatology. Can everyone say that? Eschatology. So eschatology is a, when you do Bible college, is where they teach you how to from the Bible study end times, end days, last days, what, what happens from now till Jesus' return. So we're going to look at the book of Acts chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. And so Jesus has died on the cross, then we have communion at church, they give us a, bit, a cup of juice and a biscuit, what represents Jesus' death on the cross, that now that he made a way, took our sin and punishment, that when we meet God on judgment day, God the Father, he doesn't see sinner, he sees pure, blameless, washed clean because of the sacrifice of Jesus, right? But so Jesus has died on the cross and then he, he, start, and then he, he disappears and then he keeps just randomly showing up to the, the disciples. And so this is what it reads. So uh, Acts 1, 3 to 11. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, so it's over a month period Jesus is doing this, he appeared to the apostles, which were the disciples, from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Because there's this one time the disciples are freaking out. They're locked in a room because they think the religious leaders want us dead because we believe in this. So they're just... they're. Because who's heard of the underground church in China? So the church doesn't literally meet underground like in Alice Springs. Or is, it, is that where they have underground? Cooper Peter, sorry. And Cooper Peter, they li- actually live underground. In China, they don't live underground. But it's saying 
they don't have a building like this that says, one heart is here. They go, so like the, the Jews were, these Jewish Christians were underground church hiding and then they're just like having their dinner. Next minute, Jesus is, is like, teleports right there and they're like, what is going on here? Freaking out. The doors are locked and Jesus just arrives. Then he's like, oh, you don't believe me, huh? Put your hand in the fing- like your finger in the hand of my heart. Ho- Put your finger in the hole in my hand. Right? He's doing all this crazy stuff and they're going, well, that's got to be legit because, and then this dude, Thomas, the disciple, puts his hand in the stab wound in the, yeah, it's just crazy. So they do all this stuff. First, skip to verse six. So Jesus is real, showing up. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, which is New Zealand. New Zealand is the end of the earth, which Christians are doing a pretty good job of that because there's churches in New Zealand. Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. Just like when you go outside and you let go a helium balloon and it's just like, right? So that's, that's their position. These disciples were talking of Jesus and he just starts levitating. I'm levitating. And he just starts, right? And so they're, they're all just stuck. They're up in the sky. As they strain to see him uh, rising into heaven, two white robed, robed men, can some say some angels? These are angels. Suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So, <laughs> so I don't know how to opposite sound. So, um, that, that, that's where we're at, right? So Jesus has left, and we have this promise from these angels that at some point Jesus is going to come descend back down into the clouds, and we're going to see him, which I'm looking forward to that weather event. I've seen some many awesome storms. I've seen some cool lightning, but there's going to be nothing on Jesus riding on the clouds going, you people love surfing water. Mate, Jesus goes, you've you got to catch some clouds. And I'm looking forward to that day, right? So the book of Matthew, if you've got your Bible, go to the book of Matthew chapter 24. And so from this message into my next one, we're going to look at, today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24a, first half. Next message we're going to look at the second half. And uh, Jesus is talking about future events. So another way we could say that, Jesus is talking about the last days, the days that we're living in. So if I would encourage you, read this regularly to go, wow, is these events happening in my life? Are these things happening in my day and age? Because if it is, you go, Jesus declared this and we're walking in it, right? So we're going to start at verse 3. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples, who were the apostles, came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and end of the world? So that's a great question. The disciples saying, Jesus, when will we know the end of the, it's the end of the world and that you are going to return? You've been telling us that you've come and then you're going to leave. Well, what sign will tell us that you're returning? But I, I love it also to ask you, what is the end of the world? Has anyone heard of climate change in this place? 
Has anyone heard of the accidental threat that we're all going to be flooded and we're going to have to live in boats because it's going to be all the ice caps are going to melt? Has anyone heard about this stuff? Yep. I, I see vegans and these people on the internet that are freaking out, right? Like they are freaking out. They're, they are scared. They're fearful. They're worried. But I want to tell you, as a Christian, I'm not saying that we abuse the environment. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we should be littering and so poor turtles die on eating a plastic bag. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I don't have a fear of the end of the world. Because in Genesis, on the screen here, Genesis 8.22, this is a promise from God to humanity. And this is what he says. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. I'm taking that promise to the bank. I say, God, you know what? As humanity, we want to do the best we can. But ultimately, it's not up to us. I trust you. I trust my Father in heaven who created this thing to sustain this thing that when the time comes when he decides the world's ended, but until that time, there will be food to eat. There will be houses to live in. And so I'm personally not overwhelmed by this accidental threat, whatever they say it, because I trust God's promise that as long as the earth remains, there will be something. And you've got you to get a hold of this. Our world wants to make us live in fear. Our world wants to preach to you. You've got to be scared. You've got you to be so worried. But we go, you know what? It doesn't say we're not neglecting our responsibility. But ultimately, we trust God. He created it. He'll sustain it. And that's enough for me. Verse 4. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Who's hearing of wars lately? Hmm, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. In our, in our past, we've heard of World War One. We've heard of World War Two, where the whole world was at war. But the end won't immediately come. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Now, when you see someone pregnant, right, like little, like half pregnant, you go, okay, they've still got a few months left until that baby's coming. But when you see someone that's pregnant, you know, oh, that baby is coming any moment now, right? But so we, when we read this, we've got to understand that when we see some of these things, half pregnant. But there will come a time we go, this thing's about to pop. And we know Jesus is coming very shortly. Verse 9. Then you will, be, you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will all be hated over the world because you are a follower. You are my followers. Pause there. I've seen someone in a football club in Victoria lose their job because they were Christian. It was saying, you be a Christian and, and you don't have this job, or you take this job and you've got to fight un unconnect yourself from your church. We're seeing persecution right now in Australia. We've got brothers and sisters, if you're a Christian, that means we've got brothers and sisters of Christians all around this world that get their heads cut off because of their faith. It is real. Persecution is very real. And this is what it says. This is going to happen. Many will turn away from me and and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I love this in verse 14. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world 
so that all the nations will hear it, and then the end will come. If you want to take a point, like if you want to write down points, point one will be when we know when the end will come is when the king, the gospel is preached to the ends of the world. And so there is still a few, um, like, so we're so blessed, we've got many English translations of the Bible, which is like the primary gospel, right? But there's still thousands of languages that don't have a Bible. And so there's churches that are working tirelessly to say, we want to make it that every single language has a scripture that they can read, that they can actually have the Bible in their own language. And can I tell you, as One Heart Church, we're going to make sure every street, every school, every workplace, every family member hears the gospel. Because when everyone has heard, had the chance to hear about Jesus, that is when the end will come. And so this is, so that's the first sign. If you want to know when will the end come, that is when the gospel has went through the whole planet. Verse 27, jumping a little bit. For as lightning flashes in the east and shines in the west, so will it be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures show that there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Immediately after this anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. Before we read verse 30, we talk about as the vultures gather, you know that there's a dead animal there. In Australia, if you're driving and you see a heap of crows or something or a heap of ravens, you know there's a dead animal somewhere because they're feasting on it. And this Bible is telling us, just like a lightning is like, just like that, it's just like instant shine. When Jesus returns, come, it's going to be instant. There's going to be no delay. It's going to be straight on. Before you know it, in the blink of an eye, there it is. Blink and you miss it. It's going to be that quick. Verse 30, and then at last, the Son of Man uh, that, sorry, then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there'll be deep mourning uh, among all the peoples on the earth. And then this is what I love. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of the trumpet and gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Wow. So there's going to be a trumpet that blasts, and that means that the weather is going to change, and then it's going to be cloudy with a chance of Jesus. So you've got to understand, when there's some clouds brewing up in the sky, you've got to make sure your life is right with Jesus. You've got to understand, like, I say every time I see a cloudy day, I'm like, whoo, this could be the day, this could be the moment where that lightning, that trumpet blows, that lightning flashes, and Jesus is riding on the clouds, now, I'm a little bit selfish. I don't want to be the one gathered by the angel because it says that the angels will come and start gathering us all. I want to be the one that sees Jesus like going, hey, 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 surfing on the clouds. But this is what we believe as Christians. We believe there's a day coming where we're going to rise in the clouds with Jesus in glory. And it's amazing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18, adds a little bit more source to this take of our understanding of Jesus with a chance of uh Sorry, cloudy with the chance of Jesus. So it says this, and then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming. Oh, thank you. Yep, thank you. I, yeah, I didn't get it. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And they will be 
with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. And so you know what? I want to encourage you one thing. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've been born again, if you know that you know that you love Jesus and that he is your Lord, that he is your, your savior, there will come a time when that trump full of God is blown that you will rise, that you won't be stuck down on the earth with all the sinners. You will rise up on that glorious day and it's going to be amazing. And so we've got to understand that cloudy with the chance of Jesus, when you have your life right with Jesus, uh, the, uh, the Pentecostal word for that is called the rapture of the church. And we, I, I believe in the rapture of the church where there's going to come a day where the clouds will start to form and that the trumpet call of God is going to blow. Jesus is going to ride in and we are out of here with our ticket to heaven. Now, who's looking forward to that? I, I am pumped for that. I've got a meme coming up on the screen here. Do-it-yourself rapture machine. Pastor Rob, I uh, think I said, results may vary. But can I tell you, we don't have to get to God in our own strength. We don't have to start building up a catapult that goes, you know what, I'm wait- oh, it's a cloudy day. I'm sitting in my catapult waiting. No, we've got to get to a position where we go, God, we trust you that when the day comes, that, that, that round-up angel is going to round me up and bring me with you because it's a, a great thing. And I, I've heard many different fan theories on the rapture. One is that if you're at school, you grab your two friends as you start rising and you're holding them, and you go, are you going to believe in Jesus? And you can witness to them right then. Or you go, because in a moment, it's going to be a long drop. So believe or don't believe. But there's many different, I've heard many different uh, strategies of the rapture. But you've got to understand, this thing, when the rapture happens, our body is going to change as well. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about that in a moment, our body will go from this to our eternal body, which is going to be crazy how that's going to work out. But I'm so looking forward to this in the future. And, and so... I guess if we can all just close our eyes right now, and uh, today wasn't really much of a preach, I think, as much as it was an educational, I guess, thing. I'm just trying to give us some basic scriptural principles of our life that to understand that Jesus is coming back, and it could be sooner than we know. And a good strategy for us to live by is this, that we plan like he's going to come for 100 years, but we live today like it's going to be today. So it doesn't mean we go, oh, well, there's no point saving for a house. There's no point doing this, doing that. Because it, it could be 100 years away. So still act like it could be 100 years. But we live with urgency that we witness to our friends that it could be tomorrow the day happens. And did we live with regret going, if only I shared my faith with them. If only I had the boldness and the confidence to share my faith with that other person. Because it will be too late once the rapture has happened, right? So I'm going to pray with us right now. And so first thing I want to pray for is if you could say, you know what, I want to know Jesus, not because I'm scared of missing the rapture, but because I want to I want to see his glory. I want to see his goodness. I want to be a part of that cloud surfing expedition. And you go, you know what, I want to know Jesus. If that's you in a real way, why don't you just, as if everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed, just as a simple cry, just go, you know what, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want Jesus for real in my life. Raise your hand up and as an act of sign of surrender, say, God, that's me. I want to pray boldness over your life. I want to pray for confidence over your life that you can, you can meet the real Jesus. So is that anyone in this place who says, that's me. I want I want confidence. I see that hand. You can put that down. Anyone else say, that's me. I need to know Jesus. I want the confidence to know Jesus that I can be a part of the rapture. I'm going to pray for that and then I'm going to pray for one more. So God, right now, you saw those hands that were raised. God, I pray for confidence. I pray for boldness. 
I pray for courage to come upon their lives. God, I pray that they wouldn't be living in fear and timidity. God, that we read these crazy things in Matthew about the signs to come of persecution, of awful things, God, where it's not like, come to Jesus and all your problems go away. We say, come to Jesus and all the problems come our way. But God, you'd be a generation of young people who go, despite the cost, despite the challenge, we're all in. We, we, we know that what the truth is, and if people hate us or love us, we're going to stand on the truth. We're going to speak the truth. We're going to let the truth permeate through our lives that we'll see people come to know you in a real, powerful, mighty way. So God, right now, I just pray for the assurance of heaven to, to solidify in our hearts, in our souls, where we don't go to bed in fear, we don't go to sleep anxious, but we but we go to bed going, oh, I'm going to have the best sleep of my life because I know Jesus holds me in his hands. I know God the Father is guiding me and, and has got control of my life that on that glorious day of Jesus' return,